Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Kohler. They design innovative sinks and faucets for people who do their best work in the kitchen. On the day I found out I was moving to Chicago, I cried like a baby. True story. I really did not want to move. The year was 2004. I was living in Southern California at the time, on the beach. The weather was never not perfect. I loved hanging with friends. I was young, carefree, and well, just about to profess my love to someone. But because of a contract I signed at work, the newspaper company I worked for could move me to any city at any time. And Chicago was where they decided to ship me off. I didn't know a single person there. Fine, I thought, I'll live in that cold, windy city for one year and then head back west. That was 18 years ago. Chicago is home now. I met my wife here. Our child was born here. This was where we bought our first home. And now, I'm madly in love with my adopted hometown. Tell someone you're from Chicago and that you're a food writer, and the same questions always come up. Where's the best deep dish pizza? How do you take your Italian beef? And why don't you guys put ketchup on your hot dogs? The answer to those questions, by the way, Pequods dipped with hot peppers, and because that's the law in Chicago, no ketchup, live with it, people. But this idyllic image of Chicago, Wrigley Field, architectural boat tours, the Field Museum, the Bears, well, that's just one version of Chicago. There's the Chicago of rib tips and hot links cooked in aquarium smokers, a Frankie Knuckles, the DuSable Museum, and Dat Donut. For the three-quarter million African-Americans who call the Windy City home, those cultural reference points are Chicago, encapsulated. And then there's Harold's Chicken. Unless you grew up black in Chicago, you've likely never heard of or stepped foot in a Harold's. I'm stone-cold Chinese, and I've never heard of the place until I moved here. That's because most Heralds are far from the touristy parts of Chicago, found mostly on the city's south side. But for those who know about this hallowed place, and I've been writing about Heralds for 17 years, it is singularly delicious. Heralds serves a distinctly Chicago style of fried chicken. Did you even know there's a Chicago style of fried chicken? I didn't. But it's more than just taste. You simply can't disentangle Harold's from the Black experience in Chicago. Today on Proof from America's Test Kitchen, when you think about Chicago, why you absolutely cannot leave out Harold's Chicken. I'm Kevin Pang. I'll take four wings fried hard with mild sauce. Stick around. Hey, Proof listeners, it's Kevin Pang here. As a busy podcast host and dad, I'm always looking for ways to save time in the kitchen. I recently got acquainted with this heat-made graphite grill and toaster oven from the Japan-based company Sengoku, and it's been a huge time saver. 
I don't have to wait for this oven to preheat thanks to Sengoku's amazing graphite heating technology. This grill reaches its maximum heat output in a second, literally. It gets hot immediately. So whether it's a piece of toast or heating up leftovers or roasting veggies, the top and bottom heating elements evenly distribute heat, bringing my meals to perfection in half the time. Proof listeners can save 10% and get free shipping by using the code ATK10 at checkout. Just go to SengokuLA.com, that's S-E-N-G-O-K-U-L-A.com to order yours today. I'm meeting a friend at the Herald's on Michigan Avenue in Chicago's South Loop neighborhood. This is Herald's number 88. Now, there aren't 87 other Herald's chicken in town. There's maybe a couple dozen in the Chicago area. 88 is the number this location's owner chose, like a vanity license plate. I'm seeing my friend Brian Davis. Brian is a research chef developing recipes for chain restaurants. Brian grew up eating Harold's on the south side of Chicago. I asked him to order for us the way he likes it. All right, I'm going to get um, a four wing, four wing. mild sauce, salt and pepper, and a small gizzard with mild sauce. Keep this term mild sauce in mind. We'll say more about it in a second because it's important here in Chicago. But first, we have to talk about the chicken. It's so beloved, there's even a song written about it. This is a bit from hip-hop artist Ken Lokeys and his track, Harold's Mild Sauce. So, about that chicken. It's more of a hard crisp than crunchy. Flour dredged. Heavily seasoned, the aroma of the fried oil is really strong, in a good way. It's like if chicken was deep-fried in McDonald's French fry oil. There's nothing light or subtle about it. And it's delicious. It comes on a bed of fries, a bit soggy if I can be honest, and oftentimes with two slices of white bread. But what gives Harold's chicken its distinct Haroldness is that sweet, tangy sauce slathered on top. Brian remembers the first time he got a whiff of it. Growing up, my dad was a cop, and he worked nights a lot. He would work late nights. And I can remember, you know, being that he worked nights, he would always pick up some food on his way home. And I can remember him coming in with this bag. It's got the green and white, you know, label on it, and it just smells like like heaven. Like the, the, the aroma is just like it fills the apartment as soon as he walks in. What is that? aroma when your dad walked in. It's, it's like, it's tangy, it's sweet, it's like, it just, it really permeates. Like, as soon as you, you, you smell it, you know this is, oh, okay, it's a little smoky, it's a little tangy, it's a little sweet, this is going to be delicious. It just ignites all of your, your olfactory senses, you know, everything. That smell that Brian describes, this intoxicating aroma of fryolator oil and sweet tanginess hanging in the air, this is the first hallmark of Chicago-style fried chicken. It must be served with mild sauce. You know how the French have their mother sauces? Bechamel, velouté, so forth? 
Mild Sauce is Chicago's mother sauce. What Zip Sauce is to Detroit and Tiger Sauce is to Baltimore, Mild Sauce is to Chicago. That said, if you surveyed every Chicago resident, maybe a quarter will actually know what Mild Sauce is. Mild Sauce is a product of the South Side. It was conceived by Black Chicagoans and eaten on food consumed by Black Chicagoans, such as rib tips, hot links, a takeout container of Harold's chicken, french fries, and bread. What's now known as mild sauce was invented back in the 1950s by a Chicago barbecue restaurateur named Argia B. Collins. By 1958, Collins was bottling his sauce and successfully filed a trademark. Only he had another name for it, mumbo sauce. Those of you listening to this in the Washington, D.C. area might go, wait a minute, I know about mumbo sauce. That's because mumbo sauce today is firmly part of D.C. gastronomic culture, especially in restaurants run by Asian and African-Americans. You've definitely seen it if you've dined at Ben's Chili Bowl. The Washington Post called it, quote, a tangy, spicy sauce that many locals consider to be the flavor of D.C. And if you've not tried mumbo sauce before, first off, what are you doing with your life? Second off, leave work early and go get some. Washingtonians will claim mumbo sauce as their own. In 2013, there was a legal dispute over the name mumbo sauce. A DC company wanted the trademark registration from Chicago voided. They claimed the name mumbo sauce was so ubiquitous in DC, it should be considered a generic term, like aspirin or Kleenex. The trademark trial and appeal board said, nope, mumbo sauce's trademark stayed in Chicago. Here's the ironic thing. Very few people in Chicago call it mumbo sauce. Here, it's mild sauce, full stop. Purists will say mumbo sauce and mild sauce are slightly different, a branch apart on the sauce evolution tree. I've tried them both, and personally, it's like tasting the difference between Hellman's and Kraft's mayonnaise. Treat the two essentially as the same. So what does mild sauce taste like anyway? Here's my chef friend and dining partner, Brian. At its basic essence, it's barbecue sauce. But it is a particular flavor of barbecue sauce. You know, it's not heavy on the smoke. It's not a sauce that you would uh, call out any particular, like, hickory notes or anything like that. It's vinegary. You know, it's, it's slightly tangy. You could even compare it to ketchup. You know, it's kind of like an all-purpose kind of. It's a little bit more viscous than a particular, like a thick and heavy barbecue sauce. Imagine if sweet and sour sauce and Casey Masterpiece had a love child. I think that's pretty close. For the longest time, I'd ordered Harold's with mild sauce on the side. Until I had lunch with Brian, I realized this was a rookie mistake. And therein lies another rule of Chicago-style fried chicken. The sauce must come slathered on the chicken. Sauce on the side? At Harold's 88, the people behind the counter would never entertain the notion. You're hearing my friend Brian and Tremaine, the woman who took our order. They never do here. They never ask if you want sauce on the side, which I appreciate. Never. That means you. That means you know. Yeah. That means you know. It's only if they ask sauce on the side. I mean, they they from it's out new. of town, right? Well, okay. I okay. So I'm obviously, 
I'm kind of a newbie. I'm not like Brian here, right? But I always ask for the sauce on the side. Is that not a pro move? No, it's better on it. You have to get the sauce on it. You have to get the sauce on it because it don't taste the same without the sauce on it. No offense, right? But I, I told Kevin it's kind of like ordering a Big Mac without the Big, without Mac, the Big Mac sauce. Without the Big Mac sauce, yeah. Right? It is. You wouldn't dip your Big yeah. Mac in sauce. <laughs> While we're on the subject of Harold's chicken protocol, three more important terms to know. First off, salt and pepper. That's exactly what it sounds like. Your fried chicken and french fries can be dusted with salt and pepper on top. Alternatively, you can ask for a generous sprinkle of lemon pepper. This trend of lemon pepper on fried chicken was popularized in Atlanta. In recent years, it's become the topping of choice for young Chicagoans. The last term you need to know Fried hard. It's also the name of my favorite Bruce Willis movie. What does fried hard mean? Here's Chrissy, the general manager of Harold's 88. So it means it's just a little bit more crispy. Some people like like regularly done wings or regularly cooked wings. Some people really enjoy fried hard. Do you know Do you know about this like fried hard lemon pepper? Yeah, I do. I, <laughs> I never I never really ordered fried hard. To me, it just seemed a little bit too uh, Some people, yeah. a little well, bit too normally, a little too fussy. You we know. Normally already fried right. hard. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. No, it, it depends on... Um, there you go. You just heard him. He's just asking for fried hard. Most people, it depends. If you know your location, if you know which Harold's you go to, you're familiar with how they cook, you're familiar with how they prepare it. But each location is different. The experience at each location is different. This is at the heart of the Harold's chicken experience. Every location is different. There are some stores that are better than others, and people are very territorial about this. Its inconsistency is a feature, not a bug. You'll find different menu configurations depending on the heralds you visit. Some will have dining tables. Some are takeout only. Some have bulletproof windows where you can only place your order through a staticky mic. One location, Harold's number 88 in the South Loop, has a liquor license. And unlike other locations, they serve grilled chicken sandwiches and salads. Yeah, depending on what neighborhood you're in, you may get a sweeter sauce, or you may get a, a, a more spicy sauce. Maybe there's a little bit more hot sauce mixed in with the mild sauce. So, um, you know, as a kid and a teenager, we would kind of hit different spots. So we hung out a lot in Hyde Park on the south side. So, you know, the Hyde Park Heralds kind of had their own, maybe smaller wings, you know? My, my neighborhood Heralds in Roseland, they had these big cute jumbo wings, you know? Uh, kind of skimpy on the sauce. So you have to ask for extra sauce. So it's kind of these things that, you know, uh, each one is, is different. Yeah. The loyalty people feel for their neighborhood heralds is fierce. I'm telling you, that is an ongoing debate. And it'll probably be ongoing for like ever. Honestly, like, what? What's the best heralds? Like, I've had people come in here. Like, yeah, we got this number one hot water. What? That's not the best heralds. The other best heralds is on like Ashland or like Halstead or like... Literally. Did you, you grew up in Chicago? Grew up in Chicago. Grew up on the south side of Chicago, yeah. What, what part of the south side? Woodlawn. Woodlawn? Yeah. Was there a specific Herald's that yes, you grew up? Yes, there was. It was on 64th. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. It was 64th and Cottage Grove. And I, if I'm not mistaken, that's the one that closed down and went to Atlanta. That one was so good. As Coming up as a kid... Yeah, that one was the one I went to coming up as a kid. It was in my neighborhood. It was a five-minute walk. It's, it's the neighborhood. It's, it's all neighborhood. about, you know, the neighborhood, if the Harold's Chicken. If you look at where on a map, where the Harold's Chicken are, the restaurants are, the reality of it is they are in neighborhoods where 
property was very strong. You know what I mean? So any neighborhood that has been labeled as the ghetto or low income, I guarantee you there's a Harold's there. And I think that's why it's so prominent in our community because it was available for us. It was by us. You know what I mean? I think that's a very good reason and as to why it's become so successful over time. In 2019, Chicago Magazine visited all 20 Herald's locations at the time, then ranked them from worst to best. In last place, Herald's number 71 on South Michigan Avenue. Quote, mushy, puny chicken, indifferent staff, and a TV that no one bothers to turn on. Hell's waiting room. The best location, according to the magazine, is the Herald's in Bronzeville on 35th Street, a few blocks east from where the Chicago White Sox play. Quote, here you see exactly what made Harold's a legend. The golden, muscular birds are fried in consistently fresh oil, seasoned to peppery perfection, and saturated in the famous acidic sauce. This Harold's is the truth. Yeah, everybody hated my list. Everybody hated me. That's Jeff Ruby, the restaurant critic at the time for Chicago Magazine. I didn't grow up on the South Side. I'm not African-American. And yet I naively thought that this would give me some sort of advantage in being impartial to pick the best heralds. I was met with such anger and such like, everybody said basically, you have no idea what you're talking about. When people saw this pasty, red-headed dude sort of trying to be clever about it. There's nothing clever about Harold's. It's just like blunt and wonderful and trying to describe why. It's just sort of like a fool's errand. It's, it's preposterous. Chicago Magazine quickly issued a mea culpa. They commissioned an alternate list from comedian and Southside native Larry Legend. His list was wholly different from the original. His number one Herald's is on 95th Street. In high school, Brian and his friends drove around the South Side, trying different Herald's to determine the best in the city. Not surprisingly, it was the locations closest to his home that he had a soft spot for. The owners there recognized him, knew his regular order, Harold's wasn't a fast food chain in his eyes. It was a mom and pop restaurant owned and operated by his neighbor down the street. For Brian, Harold's was as much a restaurant as a town square to hang out, to people watch, where goods and services were bartered and traded. I can remember being in high school and you know, here me and my best friend are 16 years old. We don't have any real money. We got like maybe 20 bucks between us, splitting wings. And someone walks in to the Herald's and he tries to sell us laundry detergent. And it's like, we're 16 years, like why would we need to buy laundry detergent? That's the kind of element that you're kind of used to in Harold's. After the break, how Harold's entered the popular culture. You deserve a kitchen that works for you. Kohler's sinks come in varying depths and basins so that you get your perfect fit. 
Their workstation sinks provide accessories to support all of your washing, rinsing, and storage needs. All of Kohler's sinks and faucets are designed to make your kitchen look its best while still getting your cooking goals accomplished. And what a relief that is, especially during the holidays. Visit Kohler.com to learn more. It's summer, and there's nothing like biting into sweet, juicy, peak-season fruit. I'm a huge fan of mangoes, hashtag Mangolasi, and my six-year-old helped plant strawberries this year. The strawberry fruit tarts we made have been so delicious. Lucky for me, OXO has a number of tools that will make it easier for my family to enjoy a bounty of fruit this summer. And OXO's strawberry huller will make it easy for my six-year-old to enjoy all those berries he'll gather from our yard or at least the ones the rabbits don't eat. Find your tools at OXO.com. Right now, OXO is offering a special discount for proof listeners. Just use the code ATK15 for 15% off on OXO.com. That's OXO.com. OXO, better guaranteed. Imagine this. You've been asked to host a few friends last minute to reconnect and just hang out. Of course, you say yes because that's just who you are. But immediately after committing to hosting, you remember, there needs to be something to eat. Enter Veroni's authentic Italian charcuterie. Veroni uses high quality ingredients and slow production processes to illuminate flavors whenever you take a bite of their meats. The easy to open trays really come in handy when you're in a rush. And they even provide pre-made cheese and charcuterie boards with different pairing variations so you can mix and match as much as you please. So don't sweat your next get-together. Veroni is here to help you save the day. For more information on the Veroni family's recipes, artisanal techniques, and meats, visit Veroni.com. That's V-E-R-O-N-I.com. There's an elephant in the room. Why is a Chinese guy commenting on the black experience in Chicago? Why am I, and I'm pointing and drawing imaginary circles around my face right now, reporting on this story? I've been reporting about the food scene on Chicago's South Side for the last 17 years. I used to be a food reporter at the local paper, the Chicago Tribune. Back then, almost all restaurant coverage was focused in the affluent, predominantly white part of town. The tasting many restaurants, the farm-to-table places, they're great, but not always the most interesting places. When I ate out, it was at Taqueria's in Chinatown, at Polish buffets and Korean barbecues. Those types of restaurants weren't where mainstream publications were sending their food writers back then. But that's where I wanted to go. And no, this wasn't virtue signaling. I don't think that phrase even existed in 2005. It was about covering a part of town that nobody was writing about. It's discovering where the interesting food was being made. If you want to find the soul of a city, go to its mom and pop restaurants. In 2014, Brown University's American Communities Project conducted a study confirming what Chicagoans already knew just by looking around. Chicago was the most segregated city in America. The north side of Chicago is predominantly white, 
the South and West Sides predominantly black. When you hear about Chicago on national news, sadly, it's often for tragic reasons. Gun violence has plagued our city for years, and those grim statistics disproportionately affect the black community. Beginning in the 1910s, the Great Migration saw millions of African Americans relocate from the rural South to points north, St. Louis, Detroit, Baltimore, Cleveland. Chicago especially saw many new residents from the Mississippi Delta. Among them, Argia B. Collins, the inventor of mumbo sauce, who would open several popular barbecue restaurants. Arguably, he's one of the most successful entrepreneurs to come out of Chicago's South Side. Great art and culture emerged from the South Side. VJ Records, the Pulitzer Prize-winning poet Gwendolyn Brooks, Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf, the godfathers of Chicago blues. Shaka Khan and Sam Cooke were born here. Don Cornelius broadcast the very first episode of Soul Train from Chicago. But any story about Chicago's South Side will have an ugly specter hanging over it. Its history is one of segregation, restrictive housing covenants, redlining, failed social policies. Those things don't happen in a vacuum. They metastasize into economic disparity, employment inequality, violence. Still, the South Side is a magical place. This is Natalie Moore, writing in her book, The South Side, a portrait of Chicago and American segregation. It's the heart of Black America, with its miles upon miles of Black middle-class neighborhoods and strong political and business legacies. In summertime shy, the aroma of barbecue wafts from backyard grills and smoky rib joints onto the Dan Ryan Expressway. Driving east on 79th Street toward Lake Michigan is a colorful trip. Men sipping out of bottles on corners, vibrant businesses, bars, funeral homes, foreboding boarded up structures, liquor stores, churches, Harold's chicken shacks, and sounds of house music dancing in the air. The sense of place is special. That sense of place attracted me as a writer. In particular, the food. In the 11 years I spent at the Chicago Tribune, I wrote dozens of stories about the South Side's culinary contributions. Stories about the magnificent rib tips at Barbara Ann's, the hot links at Uncle John's Barbecue, the cobbler at Army and Luz, the Senegalese DB lamb at Yasa, and of course, Harold's Chicken. The restaurant was founded in 1950 by a South Sider named Harold Pierce. At first, the restaurant specialized in dumplings and chicken feed, but soon they made their name in fried chicken. They popularized sandwiching the chicken juice drenched French fries and mild sauce between two pieces of bread, calling it the fry sandwich, like a Southside Chicago version of the British chip buddy. Oh man, is it good. One of the Southside's best success stories in recent years is Chef Darnell Reed. My friend Darnell grew up on 68th and Claremont. He was 16 when he began cooking professionally. In 2015, he opened his first restaurant, Luella's Southern Kitchen, named after his great-grandmother. It's been wildly successful. 
Just this year, Chef Darnell was named a James Beard Award semifinalist. I invited him for lunch at Harold's at 35th and Indiana in the Bronzeville neighborhood. This was the Harold's named number one in Chicago Magazine. We ordered fried thighs and drumsticks, salt and pepper with mild sauce. I asked Chef Darnell to play food critic as we dug in. So I'm getting all of that. I'm getting the crunchy, I'm getting the sweet, I'm getting the seasoning. I'm getting the two layers of seasoning. A very slight heat because of the black pepper that's on there, but the seasoned the season flour and the seasoned, see, obviously the, the mild sauce. The chicken, at least, unless it's something that I, maybe I don't know, but I taste, I taste most of the flavor from the outside, but it's just enough flavor that as you're chewing it, it all binds together. Chef Darnell spent years working as a chef for Hilton Hotels. While he was there, he realized just how culturally important Harold's Chicken was. This actually happened. Dallas Mavericks came to the hotel. I was the executive sous chef. The executive chef got a call from one of the players. He said, I want the fried chicken with French fries, but I want it smothered in mild sauce. And I told him, I would, he, he said, I don't know what mild sauce is. I'm like, it's going to be very similar to barbecue. You can probably even use a barbecue and get away with it. Just smother with mild sauce and barbecue. He didn't listen. He went and made some concoction and everything, and he made his own sauce, and he sent it. When the room service waiter brought the trays back, our, there was our chicken sitting there, like one piece eaten, and there was Harold's bags right there. They ordered Harold's instead. So I told him, I said, I know exactly, I know somebody on that team is from Chicago. What do people not understand about what Harold's means for Black Chicagoans? I think they probably don't understand that it was really part of our part of our life, part of our upbringing. I was in line with soul food, as far as food of our soul, the food that we remember, things like that, like what we think of as soul food. Remember, at some point, fried chicken was relegated to only a church meal, you know, only eating on Sundays. It was only a special occasion meal. I don't have to wait till Sundays to get fried chicken. I can get it whenever I want. So it just meant so much to us. But I'm sure there's some black people as well that feel like it's just fried chicken. But I guarantee you, it's one of those, you don't know what you got till it's gone. If Harold's was gone, it's not just fried chicken anymore. There's not too many things that we can all agree upon, but Harold's is one that we can all agree upon. And I say we, I mean like, yes, like people, black people from the South side, this is the chicken that you were looking for or the chicken that you remember or that you're used to. You won't be disappointed, basically. You walk in, you're gonna get what you expected. This idea of expectations is important, especially when talking about how food should taste. When Chef Darnell opened Luella's Southern Kitchen, he had fried chicken on the menu. His fine dining version is more involved, brined first in molasses and salt water, then marinated in buttermilk, double dredged and deep fried. Coming from this former food critic, I can tell you it's pretty amazing, but not everybody thought so. Oh, I got a lot of pushback. I got a lot of pushback. Well, because we've been around for so long, now I would say no. But in the beginning, yes, they did. They did, because they expect, you're black, I'm black. You're making fried chicken. It should have been the way that we expected it. A lot, a lot of black people, they want what they're, what they're used to. They want familiarity. They want what they're used to. When they go to your restaurant and they order fried chicken, they already anticipate what it's going to taste like. And Harold's does just that. It takes you back home. So it's like, oh, this is how my mom, whoever was the best fried chicken cook in your family. Like, this is how they would make it. I think about the sausage egg McMuffin from the McDonald's at O'Hare Airport 
every time I take an early morning flight. I think about the ice mocha made exactly to my specifications at my coffee shop. I think about visiting my local barbershop every two months to see my man Omar, number three on top, number two on the side, tapered in the back. All those things I mention begin to explain the allure of Harold's chicken. They're all great because they perfectly meet expectations. It's familiar, no surprises, no deviation, all exactly as people want it and expect. Remember that first Harold's I visited with my friend Brian, Harold's number 88 in the South Loop? It's unlike any Harold's I've been to. For one, it's a sports bar with a liquor license. There's TV on the wall playing Sports Center. They even have their own beer, Harold's Honey Ale, canned by Haymarket Brewing. They're so proud of this fact, the sign on the outside reads Harold's Number 88, Chicken Meets Beer. That's the official name of the restaurant. The owner is James Denman Jr. He picked number 88 because that's the year he graduated from high school. His memories of Harold's go back just as far. And I can remember me being a young teenager, you know, 16, 17, going in there, getting me six wings, mild sauce, salt and pepper. You know, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I remember going in there and it was just like, one of my dreams was like, one day I want to own a Harold's chicken. 10 years ago, James opened his first Harold's. From there, he opened a bigger location in Bronzeville. That's the Harold's where Chef Darnell and I had lunch, Chicago Magazine's top pick. James Denman tells me that location, which opened eight years ago, is the top-selling Harold's anywhere. They've served as many as 650 people in a single day. The success of that led to this location, Chicken Meets Beer. What you might not know about the South Loop is it's now one of Chicago's most expensive neighborhoods. High-rise condo units here can cost in the millions. And here comes Harold's, a Black-owned restaurant thriving in the neighborhood. They survived through the pandemic, supported by area residents ordering takeout. James tells me he's grateful for the community support. On the day I visited, I saw customers who were Black, White, Hispanic, Asian, Moms in yoga pants, bus drivers, teenagers, boomers. It's exciting because I'm glad to be able to change the culture where it's just not known as just being a business where mostly African-Americans frequent. Not only has Harold's opened beyond the South Side, it's now expanding nationwide. In recent years, they've opened locations in Los Angeles, Atlanta, Las Vegas, Phoenix, and St. Louis. Name a more successful food franchise to come out of Chicago's South Side. I can't. So the only thing left for me to learn was how to sound more like a Herald's pro. Mild sauce on the side? Not making that mistake again. So I get some guidance from Chrissy, the general manager at Herald's 88. Anytime somebody comes in, you know if they've been here or not. By the way they order, by the way they look at the menu. Like, you don't know what you want? <laughs> You're not from Chicago. <laughs> so you look at me, because I'm like, and I'm, am I'm an amateur. No, I'm like, you come in and you're like, you don't look at the menu and you look directly at me. I know you've been here before. I know you know what you want. 
If you come in and you're kind of like looking at the menu, like take, like, no, they can go ahead. You haven't been here before. <laughs> you okay. haven't been here before. So next time I'm coming, I, I, cause just I, look, I, just look. Okay, look at you yeah. and just yeah. be like lemon Six pepper ones. fried hard. <laughs> Mouth sauce. <laughs> Mouth sauce. <laughs> And yes, you are absolutely stamped as a Herald's official. Okay, okay. <laughs> the thing to know about Herald's place in my hometown, it's a brand name that Black Chicagoans rally around. It's a restaurant. It's a town square. It's hotly debated whether the one on 75th and King Drive is better than the one on 138th and Halstead. When Chance the Rapper turned 24, he had a Herald's chicken-themed birthday cake custom-made. And it's pop culture. Harold's number 27 made a cameo in Kanye West's music video, Through the Wire. Harold's is all those things. To quote our poet laureate, when it all falls down, Harold's sets the party off right. Harold's is canon. Harold's is a Chicago success story. Oh, it is. If you like proof, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you'll get new episodes as soon as they drop. And while you're there, why not leave us a rating or write us a review? It really helps other people find the show. This episode of Proof is hosted by me, Kevin Pang, and the podcast is made by the following cast of characters. I'm Yumi Araki, the managing producer. I'm executive producer Caitlin Kelleher. I'm Terrence Johnson, and I'm the associate producer. I'm Alex Curran Cartarelli, and I'm also an associate producer. I'm Vanessa Bartlett, and I'm the production intern. I'm Bridget Lancaster, creator and the founding host and producer. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Matt Poynton, Chester Gwazda, and Anya Gzeshik of Ultraviolet Audio. Brian Campbell of Signal Sounds composer theme music, additional music by Kyle Forster and Jordan Pearson. Ken Margolis is our director of post-production, and our director of production is Diane Knox. Fact-checking and additional research by Angela Yang. Special thanks to Jeff Ruby. I really hope Chicago Magazine paid for your Lipitor. And to Natalie Moore. Her book is The South Side, a portrait of Chicago and American segregation. It's a really beautiful book. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen and David Nussbaum is America's Test Kitchen's CEO. Thanks to our sponsors, Kohler, Oxo, Safisana, Sengoku, and Veroni. Proof is a production of America's Test Kitchen. Before we go, just one more thing. Did you know you can help develop recipes for America's Test Kitchen? It's true. We have nearly 45,000 home testers who try out and give us feedback on new ATK recipes before they're published. And this isn't just for adults. Young chefs can take part in developing recipes for our ATK Kids program. Want to be part of the ATK family? Go to americastestkitchen.com slash recipe underscore testing. Once again, that's americastestkitchen.com slash recipe underscore testing to sign up.